Greetings to the brightest audience in the country. It's Monday, so we're going back to a Bob and Yart classic. This is Bob and Fred Williams, another big squeeze for evolution. The more we learn about science, the more we know that evolution is false and the biblical account of creation is true. Let's jump right into it. Greetings to the brightest audience in the country. Welcome to Real Science Radio. I'm Bob Enyart. And I'm Fred Williams, creation speaker and software engineer. Speaking of Darwinian evolution, hmm, okay. as, <laughs> as we're known to do, here's another fail. Animal intelligence, Fred. Even that part of the theory is falling apart. Oh, yeah. So, for example, humans supposedly evolved from apes, right? Yeah, that's what they so, say. So they're supposed to be the smartest of the animals, but that whole theory is falling apart. Yeah. For example, we'll get into this on today's program, but birds, certain birds are able to think about what other birds are thinking about, like when they're going to bury a seed. And some birds will bury like a hundred seeds in a day in different places, and they remember where yeah, they are. Amazing. That is something... But what if another bird is watching them? Then what do they do then? Oh, it's really cool. They will actually fake burying a seed and then leave and bury it somewhere else. Fool yeah. <laughs> you, bird. So not only do they have to remember <laughs> the dozens of places where they intended to bury their seeds, then they also have to remember, oh, no, I didn't bury one there. I buried it over yeah, here. Yeah, because I had to fool that other Jay. Wow. So on today's program... We'll also talk about a mirror test done with animals that our listeners have probably heard about, and also a version of that. What an interesting variation on the mirror test. Yeah, it's super cool. They actually put a dot onto the animal that's looking into the mirror, and it's super interesting to see what they do. What when does they... the animal do when he's got a dot on him yeah. <laughs> and he's looking into a mirror? This is fun stuff. Hopefully they ask the animals for permission, you know? It's like forcing them to convert to Hinduism or something, sort of like a <laughs> mispronouncing someone. Yeah. You got to be careful these days. Uh, you could that's be, true. That's can't true. Can't just go putting a dot on people. Yeah. So anyways, to continue the silliness, yeah. by the theory of evolution, the, mo that is yeah. <laughs> the most intelligent animals are supposed to be the ones that allegedly gave rise to human beings. Yeah. And of course, people are not animals. We did not arise out of the animal kingdom, but we're specially created by God in Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Yeah, and by their theory, hominids are supposed to be the most intelligent, you know, chimps and apes. Yeah. And the more primitive the animals, the dumber they should be. Yeah, invertebrates, yeah, dumb. Yeah, should be dumb. Right? Octopuses, dumb. Mm. I feel dumb just saying octopuses, but that's correct. <laughs> It's not yeah. octopi. It's not, it's not octopi, Octopuses. okay? Yep. Ants, dumb. Yep. Birds, well, they can only have bird brains, and so on. So this is another way to test the theory of evolution. We've already done the show, Evolution's Big Squeeze, that the theory has been squeezed to the breaking point in many ways, and now we'll look at animal intelligence and we'll add a link to today's show from rsr.org slash squeeze. That's RSR's 
list of discoveries squeezing evolution. Yeah, and what a great idea that this is just yet another example of an animal intelligence squeezing evolution. Yeah. So, Bob, smart animals. Hmm. Well, could we just eliminate one that I'd rather not talk about right off the bat? Rats. <laughs> Rats are really smart, <laughs> Let's actually. Let's not even go there. I killed one once, Fred. My friend Carl and I trapped a big old rat in the woods that led up to the hay fields and the quarry behind his house, and it was nasty, so we didn't want to let it go, and it turns hmm. out it's not easy for two 13-year-old kids in New Jersey to kill a big old rat. <laughs> But I tell you what, we did it, and it was gross, and I liked them even less afterward. And my Italian relatives used to say, "You never forgive the ones you hurt." So, yep. So let's true enough. Yeah, but they are pretty smart, right? They Rats. are pretty smart. That one wasn't smart enough to elude you guys, but anyways, no. you know they're really smart. They can be trained to fetch, to roll over, and some rats are a lot smarter than others. You know, they get through mazes more quickly, and so on. But so these rat, these we, are competitive rats. I thought we were going to skip the rats. Well, I guess we're not, you know. <laughs> but let's not talk about rats. Well, they're too much like rats. Yeah, So agreed. Okay. Anyway, so evolutionists, you know, like the editors over at Reader's Digest. Reader's Digest. Yeah, yeah you remember them? But didn't they go to the way of TV Guide? They're, they're still <laughs> Not quite print. yet. They're okay. still there. But yeah, right. they're not of the dodo bird like TV the, Guide. The editors at Reader's Digest? What yeah. about them? So in the November Reader's Digest, they had an article that was super interesting. Animals that are smarter than people. <laughs> wow. Animals that are smarter than people. Fred, I doubt that that article was peer-reviewed, personally. Yeah. Just going out <laughs> on a limb here. But to be fair, you told me about that article. I looked for an article written by an animal about how smart people were. Yeah, because it is animals that are smarter than people. Yeah, That's the so, name of the article. so I wanted to find the opposite. I wanted to find a, an article written by an animal, right? Yep. About how smart people were. And for crying out loud, I couldn't find a single one. I looked high and low, far and wide, but not a single article written by an animal about people. Well, I guess that November article about animals was that they're smarter than Reader's Digest editors. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the only real evidence that men evolved from apes is that some men believe that they evolved from apes. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but even yep. that is not sufficient. Now, if that's their point, though, then I guess they do have something there at Reader's Digest. But then there's the International Journal of Comparative Psychology that argued that piglets are smarter than baby humans. But Fred, the best evidence I could discern from the publication was that some baby humans grew up to be editors at the Journal of Comparative Psychology. <laughs> so there's the yep. same, same evidence again. But if we move up the food chain from rats through the Reader's Digest and Comp Psych, we finally arrive at something really worthwhile at the Answers in Genesis publication, Answers Magazine, and now we're talking because they published a great article by Dr. Joe Francis. Yeah, so Doc Joe completed a postdoc fellowship at the University of Michigan Medical School. Wow. He earned his PhD from Wayne State University, and he's currently the dean of the School of Science and Health at California's Master's University. Okay, so he's the real deal. Yeah. He's got an article titled Smarter Than You Think, and it has great examples of intelligence in lower animals. 
So-called lower, right? So-called. Quote, unquote, lower. Right, so-called lower animals, which does two things. It falsifies, again, another argument for Darwinian evolution, and it points to a creator. Because this intelligence, it didn't evolve in these creatures, Mm -hmm. but it was imparted to them when God created them. Yeah, so let's start with Dr. Joe's discussion of magpies. Yeah. You know, and how they performed the mirror test on them. Yes. And this was developed by evolutionists to evaluate apes to find evidence, you know, in support of their claim that humans evolved from apes. Yeah. So, of course, they reasoned that they would be able to find human-like intelligence among apes with this mirror test. Yeah. And so, okay, if apes could recognize themselves in a mirror, then lo and behold, and in fact, they could do that, then voila, more proof Proofly. of evolution. <laughs> and actually, that's rather lowbrow stuff. That's supposed to be evidence that humans and apes are closely related on the evolutionary tree of life. Fred, the same tree of life was demolished by studies in genetics. Remember the cover story in Europe's number one science magazine, New Scientist? Their cover story was titled, Darwin Was Wrong About the Tree of Life. That was an amazing admission. Really awesome. They said how important his theory of the tree of life was. They said it was just as important as his theory of natural selection And yet it has been totally demolished by genetic studies where they're finding out, they look at the DNA of thousands of species and they point out that most species cannot be fit into an evolutionary tree of life. And you and I have reported on that in our list of genomes that just don't fit. At rsr.org that was a slash fun show. genomes. Yes. So, so back to the magpies yeah. and the mirror tests. So yeah. let's quote Dr. Joe Francis. Evolutionists used to say that abstract reasoning and self-awareness are limited to higher developed animals. So they developed a test to determine which animals have self-awareness. All right. So if animals recognize themselves in a mirror and do not attack their reflections or look behind the mirror, you know, for that matter. Right. They pass the test. Okay, so seems straightforward. You bring an animal up to a mirror, and if he recognizes, hey, that's me, they're saying that's a self-awareness, and they think that would only be in the higher organism. That's the mirror. Yeah, the mirror test was initially used to compare ape and human intelligence. Let me continue his quote. But it is now known that at least a dozen animals pass, including dolphins, birds, elephants, and even a fish, the manta ray. Wow. So pausing here for a moment, just as with DNA producing contradictory trees of life so that you can't use it as evidence for any evolutionary descent Mm -hmm. because the DNA contradicts which animals would have evolved into which animals. The same is true with intelligence. You can't properly argue that such higher awareness is evidence that we evolved from apes because maybe we evolved from yeah. dolphins. Isn't that possible yeah. in Darwinian Based theory? Based on their logic. Based, right? Because after all, they say that whales evolved from hyenas. <laughs> so if whales evolved from hyenas and dolphins could see themselves in a mirror, I'd say that's pretty much Fred. We could get that peer-reviewed. There you go. Hey, maybe we evolved from elephants. I mean, they do really well on the mirror test. Yeah, that's a good point. 
So, Bert's. Okay. Back to Dr. Joe. Magpies, he writes, don't even have the part of the brain that scientists thought was required for mirror recognition. And that goes to show how little we know. There's so many who think that the brain is going to explain what it means to be a human mm-hmm. and creativity and the will and decisions. The brain is an interface to the soul spirit. Yeah, what a great and a point. human being. So it's our soul spirit that makes us a human being. And God gave us a body. And even when we die, the body disintegrates. We're still people. Yep. And he'll one day give us a new body. Yeah, look forward to that day. So even though the magpies don't have the part of the brain that scientists thought they needed to recognize themselves in a mirror, still they pass the test with flying colors. One demanding aspect of the test is to recognize a colored spot experimenters put on the animal (laughs) and on married Hindus. (laughs) Sorry, no. They put them on themselves. Can we say that? On the radio? Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> anyway, anyway, what happens when they put a spot on these birds, Fred, and they let them stand in front of a mirror? Well, it turns out that, in quoting Dr. Joe, the magpie dutifully scratches and attacks the spot on itself. So it's looking in the mirror, and it sees that spot, yeah. and it's like going frantic yeah. trying to scratch it off. And he's saying, get that spot off. I ain't no Hindu. I ain't, <laughs> I'm not even married. Get that Hindi-bindi thing off of me. So what they do is they scratch at that spot like they know it doesn't belong there. You know, they see other magpies. They don't have that spot. They look in a mirror, there's a spot, and they're not scratching the mirror to get it off the mirror. They're scratching themselves, themselves. to get it off of them. I wonder or, if once they check it I out. wonder if once they get it off, they kind of curl their hair back and <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> so this is proof that humans evolved from camp robbers. Yeah. Have you ever heard that phrase, Fred? Yeah. For yep. if you've been a hiker or gone camping up in the Rocky mm-hmm. Mountains. We call them camp robbers. They're not afraid of people. They come right up on your picnic table yep. or right up next to your campfire. They practically take the food right out of your hands. It is so annoying, yeah. <laughs> these things. And they are these black-billed magpies. Yeah. And there are a few other species, different jays and nutcrackers that are all called camp robbers, depending on what part of the country you're in. And they steal food. So maybe we evolved from camp robbers. Do you think there's all this crime because there's too many attorneys? <laughs> I would say it's more likely that there are too many attorneys, that that's the problem, than that okay. we evolved from camp robbers. <laughs> yep. Yes. So, no, that level of intelligence to discern your own reflection in a mirror is not evidence that humans are closely related to apes, even though they made that argument for, what, 25 years? Another argument that backfired on them. Yes, as all their arguments do. Yep. It really is uncanny, isn't it? All those icons of evolution that have been smashed by the iconoclast. It's really interesting. So, Fred, they tried the same mirror experiment with, and this is really... Oh, it's super interesting. And It's sort of controversial, like, what in the... Yeah. Like, come on, what? They tried the experiment with ants. Ants? 
little lowly buggy. Oh, okay. Those kind of ants. Ants. Not, not uncles. Not uncles and aunts. Ants. Not uncles, little wives, ants. ants. And they did the dot thing too. And with apes, they did it. So what happened? Well, as Dr. Joe Francis points out, quote, perhaps more impressive is the lowly forager ant. When in front of the mirror, it moves its head from side to side and touches its reflection with its mouth. Wow. Mm, so, so that brings up the question, is it looking at itself? It, it's in fr- Imagine putting a mirror in front of an ant. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, these researchers, well, they're really interesting, yep. the things they do. And the ant is now moving its head back and forth, sort of like dancing like an Egyptian or something. And it touches its reflection with its mouth. So we're not quite sure what it's thinking. But then what happens when you apply a bindi to its face? Well, a handy dandy hindi bindi dot. What happens? Yep. So to quote Dr. Joe, it also rubs its own face with antennae when a small blue dot is applied. Interestingly, some ape groups fail the same mirror test. Whoa, so that is to come on. Yeah. Lord, you are so, amazing. So I mean, by, God is so amazing. So cool. And so basically, that, that totally contradicts it right there, right? Yeah, right. Ants this, are smarter than apes? This li- okay. <laughs> right. This little ant, they put a dot on it. They put it in front of a mirror, and the ant's looking at its reflection. And so it starts touching the dot to see what's going on here. Like, do I have chicken pox, or does something stick on me, or what? So interesting. And like the news media used to do, I don't know if you remember this, Fred, 30 years ago, whenever they interviewed a woman accusing a man of sexual harassment, Mm -hmm. you remember what they did? They put a blue dot over the woman's face. Yeah. Yeah. That was a different kind of experiment. (laughs) Yeah. But they put a blue dot on a bug's face or on a bird, and these creatures recognize that there's something unusual about themselves in the mirror. But then they try this with apes, and there are entire ape groups that fail that simple test. Yeah, so if the evolutionists wanted to claim that we evolved from ants or magpies, hey, no problem. Yeah, right. Why don't you just put it in a peer-reviewed paper yeah. and certainly, showing this test as evidence? Certainly the journal Nature would publish it, right? <laughs> yeah. No question. So. Even though we mentioned RSR's selection bias quote last week, Fred, and some people might hear that term and think, well, what, what is that selection bias? It's so important, this concept, for people to remember. I think we should go ahead and quote it again. Okay. So here's our list of ways Darwinists invent their tree of life. Quote, evolutionists change their selection of what evidence they use to show lineage, like what evolved from what, Mm -hmm. from DNA to fossils to genes to body plans to teeth to many specific anatomical features to proteins to behavior, like with intelligence, to developmental similarities to habitat to RNA and to a combination of such. Darwinism is an entire endeavor based on selection bias, Mm. which is a kind of logical fallacy. By anti-science, they arbitrarily select evidence 
that best matches whichever evolutionary story is currently preferred. Sounds like those lawyers we talked about earlier. Yes. So if they wanted to, they could use behavioral evidence to claim what? You know that Hindus evolved from experimental lab rats? Fred. Oh, don't. That's not right. We got to (laughs) get off these Hindu jokes. It's my fault. (laughs) No, that's not right. No, Hindus evolved from magpies. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, wait. I'm doing the same thing. (laughs) All right. So I think this is yet another great example, this intelligence that shows how evolutionists make arguments that they sell as so erudite, so Mm -hmm. academically accomplished, so sophisticated that these Bible thumpers, they can't quite grasp it. But you've heard, he who laughs last laughs best. In fact, the Bible says, he who sits in the heavens laughs. Yeah. And uh, the absurdity of the arguments that claim that we are animals and we arose from the animal kingdom. Yep. But Fred, getting back to Dr. Joe, he told a story in his article about a creature happily living out its days, well, almost happily up in the Northeast, Truman. Yeah, the Truman story. Yes. So this is an octopus, and it was in the New England Aquarium. It would see several aquarium workers daily. All right. And it would consistently soak only one college student who was a volunteer. And he would soak them with cold, salty water. Okay, okay so if I get Interesting. it, the aquarium workers are going by. And, and he sees different ones walking by. Truman in his tank, and he would take one of his tentacles and splash the college student, but nobody else. That's right. So, you know, after a few months, this guy had this volunteer took off. You know, he left, and he came back a few months later. And guess what? Well, the Truman that whole time wasn't doing anything to anybody as far as, you know, that Trick he wasn't of splashing him. people. Well, this guy shows up again and he splashes him again. And, you know, I don't know if Truman really liked this guy or didn't like him, you know, right. but it's super interesting. Either one. Yeah. Either he's. There's something about that guy that annoyed him or he really liked him. Hey, there's Bob or Frank, whatever <laughs> yeah. his name was. Yeah, and he's having fun with him. <laughs> so, more recently, researchers are learning that octopuses have intelligence and amazing awareness of their environment, they recognize humans around them. They plan ahead. They construct barriers around their homes to protect them. Mm -hmm. And they even put coconut shells together to make temporary shelters. And they call that tool use, which evolutionists have associated with higher thinking animals. But increasingly, invertebrates without a backbone and various supposedly primitive creatures are displaying this kind of higher intelligence. Yeah, so octopuses crawl out of aquarium tanks. They do that all the time. They do. And, you know, in one case, this one octopus went down the drain to the ocean. He found his way back to home. He escaped. (laughs) Wow. And there's one story where an octopus crawled, so it gets out of the aquarium, crawls across the table and into another tank. It eats the crabs while no one is watching and then returns to its tank. (laughs) Yeah, either that or an alternative interpretation, the crabs died on the watch of a lab technician, (laughs) and he made the whole thing up. Yeah. (laughs) But that wouldn't be surprising, right, that the octopus would do that. Yeah. The evolutionary media has conditioned the public to assume that so-called lower animals that haven't highly evolved aren't that smart, right? Yep. So, Bob, to continue to quote Dr. Joe, for much of the 20th century... 
Invertebrates were considered low on the scale of biological evolution and assumed to be much less intelligent than vertebrates like mammals. All right. So you and I have shown many ways, Fred, in which evolution is a science stopper, as in ignoring so-called junk DNA. Mm -hmm. That was a catastrophe. That's like losing 30 years of scientific research, including the kind that can save people from debilitating disease and death. Yep. And they also ignored the biological material in dinosaur bones. It was about a half a century from when they first found it and published it until they actually admitted, okay, you know what, guys? There's biological material in all these bones, practically no matter how old they are. It's so awesome because they've even found now, like in dinosaur bones, red blood cells, blood vessels, and even DNA from a hadrosaur and a T-Rex. Yep. Wow. So to continue Dr. Joe's article, this thinking stifled decades of discovery in a branch of biology called ethology, the study of animal behavior. This idea that animals generally lack intelligence can be traced back to the pagan humanistic philosophy of Aristotle, who put all living things on a scale to, quote, treating animals as simple-minded. Mm. So even Christians like Augustine... Wow, wait, you're still quoting Dr. Joe? I'm in, not quoting Bob Inyart. In Answers Magazine? Yes. This is exciting that he makes this point, Fred. It is super exciting. It sounds like a BELism for 30 years. Yeah, yeah, because when we were prepping for the show, I read this part, and I'm like, so Bob, what, you added this part, huh? And you didn't. This <laughs> I is, didn't add this it to is Dr. Article. Joe. yeah. Because you've made great points over the years about the connection between Augustine and pagan Greek philosophy. It's, yes. It's indisputable. Yeah. Augustine so, admitted that he interpreted the Bible based on Plato. Exactly. Which is a sure way to get the Bible wrong. Yep. And he was the most influential Christian theologian in church history he's been. Yep. So what does the article say about So her? Dr. Joe continued, Dr. Joe, not Bob Inyart, continued, even Christians like Augustine were influenced by Aristotle's man-centered as opposed to creator-centered views. Wow. So, I'm so thrilled Answers Magazine yeah, put a -E that in there. Yeah, B-E-L-ism. It's so important to remember, and scholars have pointed this out over the decades, but in the last 30 years, it's really becoming more well-known mm -hmm. that much Christian thought is based on the ideas of pagan Greek philosophers like Plato and Aristotle, ideas that were anti-biblical but were adopted by the church through Augustine, yep. who in his book Confessions, he admitted that he interprets the Bible based on Plato. He admits it. Explicitly, yep. he says it. That'd be like saying, I interpret the Bible based on Bernie Sanders' ideas. Yeah. Or I interpret yeah. the Bible based on Hollywood mm -hmm. or based Good on point. the Democratic yeah. Party platform. Yep. It'd be a catastrophe, and it was a catastrophe. It was a catastrophe. It's bled yep. into a lot of modern-day denominations. Yes, a sadly. lot of splits. Yep. So God created animals with as much or as little intelligence as he wanted to give them and as was fitting for their roles in the ecosystem. Yep. So Dr. Joe on invertebrate intelligence, quote, two of the four examples of wise animals that Solomon gives in Proverbs 30 are, for example, lowly invertebrates, ants and locusts. 
Only a wise creator God, not unthinking, haphazard evolution, could explain this widespread intelligence among such unrelated creatures. Wow. So as Dr. Joe points out, scientific literature is beginning to catch up with what Scripture has said all along. I love it. And Dr. Francis ends with six quick examples of intelligence in so-called lower animals. And this is really fun, like bats. Bats that can remember debts, yeah. like who owes what to whom, <laughs> yep. and prairie dogs that can describe colors. Mm-hmm. So, Fred, the first one, ants. So, ants. Counting. For an ant, finding the nest after a long day of foraging is a complex problem. Yeah, they're so tiny, right? Yeah. How do you find where you start it? Yep. Yeah. So, researchers suspected ants might count the steps to their nest. So, guess what they did? They put tiny stilts on their legs. Huh? So it makes their stride longer. Come on, Fred. Yeah. And they found that they would walk past their nest opening. <laughs> <laughs> so in other words, the ant's going out and it's counting. They walk pretty quickly, right? So it's ticking off in its brain. One, two, three, four, mm-hmm. five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten. Gives up to like 2,348. Okay, so now I'm going to count backwards and I'm going to go back down. And when I get to like... 20 or 50 or 100 to go, I'm going to have to really slow down and look for the opening in our ant mound. Yeah. So the stilts on its legs, what do they do? It increased their stride. So they left the radio studio here in Arvada on their way to Broomfield, and they're like, what am I doing in Longmont? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So that's just so fun, right? The things that researchers, because they're using the faculties that God gave the researchers, we're able to see the ways that God enabled these creatures to perform their tasks. And Fred, after each one of these, I want to mention one of our science resources. Oh, good idea. Jurassic. Echoes of the Jurassic and Jurassic dinosaurs are young, all of them. These videos on our store are so great to show people, including your kids, grandkids, friends, enemies, Mm -hmm. that dinosaurs are young. They're not millions of years old. They lived only thousands of years ago. That's at rsr.org and click on the store. The next creature are these chickadees, these little birds that visit bird feeders. If you have one in your backyard, these birds can describe objects and they use syntax through their chirps, for example, <laughs> if there's a predator nearby, the size of the predator, is it your neighbor's cat or is it a lynx? You know, Ooh, there's something yeah. nearby that's a predator. With their chirps, they communicate the size of the predator and they use syntax that is the order of their chirps, which until not long ago, they thought only humans could use syntax, not even apes. They even thought apes cannot use syntax. Yep. But here are these little birds. The order of their chirps carries meaning like words in a sentence. Yep. So, Bob, next video for the telethon is Grand Canyon, the puzzle on the plateau. Oh, what a fabulous video based on Walt Brown's theory of the global flood. And, Fred, a lot of people get this puzzle on the plateau the Grand Canyon video yep. from our friend Mike Snavely. 
they get it with our global flood and hydroplate theory video. Yeah, and I wanted to mention on the video you mentioned last time, the yeah. Jurassic dinosaur video, Trey Smith is like a really popular guy. You did this with him. Yeah, uh, millions of views on, on YouTube. Yeah, huge viewership. My brother knew who he was. Wow, uh, yeah. Yeah, so he's super popular, and so, that video is real popular. So the other, Echoes of the Jurassic by our friends at Creation Research Society, that's really professionally produced. Yep. This one is me and Trey. We're junkyard dogs, yeah. <laughs> street fighters. It's wild, but it sure gets People really across. like it. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Okay, so Bob, the next one is prairie dogs. So prairie This, I had no idea, Fred. Uh, neither did I. I got friends who shoot prairie dogs. I used to do prairie dog judgment day on the TV show <laughs> back in the 90s. I worked with a guy who ran for mayor of Broomfield, and his platform was, remember Amy's speech with Jimmy Carter? Yeah. His was a prairie dog speech. His daughter said that they're killing the prairie dogs, so we, we got to cut down on you know expansion of businesses. He got literally, he got seven votes. <laughs> Out of, th you know, hundreds or tens of thousands. Yeah, right. Knucklehead. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> so prairie dogs use a complex series of chirps to tell each other a predator's size, shape, color, and speed. Well, that's stunning. It really is. I had no idea these little things standing up out of their holes, you know, looking at each other and chirping. I had no idea they're communicating all this. So even the color of hikers' shirts near their nests. Wow. wow. So like, hey, guys, the one in the blue shirt downwind of us, he's not a problem at yeah. all. He, watch the guy in the red he's shirt. He's that dumb guy running for mayor. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and of course, they also communicate whether that fanged brute lurking nearby is a fun-loving dog or a deadly coyote. Wow. Hmm. That's stunning. That God has imbued these creatures such a diversity of life on earth with so many amazing talents. And what else is stunning is patterns of evidence. Oh, was, Fred, such this a great series video. of documentaries about the evidence for the Exodus we have on our store. We've become friends with the filmmaker, mm -hmm. Tim Mahoney. We've interviewed Tim after every film. He's extraordinary. His films give so much hard evidence for the historicity of the book of Exodus. Yeah, and my wife doesn't really like documentaries, but she was so moved by that and loved yes. it. She went with us when we went to the second uh, to video, see him in theaters. part two. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just tremendous. And then here's this one about bats. Specifically, this is about vampire bats. This is weird, Fred. They need their meals frequently, mm -hmm. their blood meals. So sometimes they share with each other. But they pay their debts. If one vampire bat shares a meal with another vampire bat, that second one is supposed to share his next meal back with that particular bat. And their memories are sort of like Uncle Guido and Cousin Vinny, in a way. Yeah, they remember bats who do not pay back. <laughs> that is too much, isn't it? Now, some will even refuse their deadbeat relatives if they have more than they need and they're going to share, but they've shared with a, you know, a sibling bat who's never paid back, instead they'll feed a stranger bat and not the deadbeat relative. This is a Alfred Hitchcock movie, right? <laughs> this comes like right out of Proverbs again, right? Right out of the Bible. Amazing. That is so cool. Yep. So these bats are smarter than socialists. <laughs> True. <laughs> right? Yep. 
Okay, Bob, the next video for the telethon, yeah. this one is great, is from Spike Pissaris. He's yeah. been in the studio several times. We've had him as a speaker at RMCF. So this one's Astronomy, Volume 1, Our Created Solar System. Yeah. This is amazing. In Our Created Stars and Galaxies, we have Spike's videos. If creationists ever discover a new species of dinosaur, our producer, Jamie, said they should name it the Spike Pissaris. <laughs> and that would be a great idea. Yeah, yep. Okay, next, Bob, let me add one that Dr. Joe doesn't have on his list. It was yeah. in the Reader's Digest article. I thought it was super interesting. Yeah. It's dolphins, so they're trained to clean their tank, and they're given rewards for doing that. So if they kind of that's really they amazing, run around right their there. tank and they the clean things up. The fact that you up. could train them to clean up, that's cool. Yeah. So anyways, this one dolphin was so clever, he, it kind of cheated. It would hide pieces of trash in its tank, and so when it came time to get rewarded, he'd bring in different pieces <laughs> so that he had already he'd stored make it away. Look like he's cleaning he's, up exactly. Hey guys, and here. so he got more reward. You know, he yeah. kind of cheated. That That's is, a smart dolphin. That is so great. <laughs> and then finally, in Doctor Joe Francis' article, he writes about crows and their memory, and he says that memory is another attribute of supposedly higher animals, but jays and crows can remember as well as or better than apes. They remember hundreds of places they bury seeds each day and recover them days later. And God is the one who gave all these creatures their amazing abilities. Oh, very true. Bob, what's the difference between a crow and a raven? A crow and a raven. Oh, it's their uh, the pinion feathers. The raven has one more pinion feather than the crows. So really, it comes down to a matter of opinion. <laughs> now, that's a joke, but it's actually true. It really is well, a matter of, 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 of a opinion. There's something about that, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to look that up. So, Bob, the last video we have here is the Intelligent Design Collection, and these are great, well-produced yeah, videos. They're all the, fantastic. Yes, from Illustra Media. There's so many of them, Fred. We have them on our store. Yep. Give this us is samples. a three-pack. This is Darwin's Dilemma, and then I think my favorite of these is Unlocking the Mystery of Life. If you haven't seen that, yes. you have to get it. You have yes. to see it. so well-produced. Yeah. And then PBS even did this, this last one, right? Shockingly. They actually broadcast The Privileged Planet. Yes. And you can get that here. Yes. So rsr.org, click on the store. Our goal, $50,000. And thanks, Fred, for another memorable program, this one about animal capabilities. Yeah, thanks, Bob. You know, hopefully I can find my keys. Well, I sure hope you can. I mean, the crow would find them. Yeah, he'd find like 50 of them yes. in different places. I'm hoping I can find just my one set. So this is Bob Enyart for Fred Williams and Real Science Radio. May God bless you. Intelligent design and DNA. The scholars can't explain it all the way. Get ready to be awed by the handiwork of talking about.